this white man is your enemy. So what God is going to do, since you have become an enemy to yourself, God is going to turn this white man loose on you. Since you like to kill him, God got something for him, but he's going to make him whoop the hell out of you. Mark my words. When you see it happening, remember, you heard it. Yeah. The Tatiana Jefferson shot and killed in her home by a Fort Worth police officer early this morning. Put your hands up. Come in. He's going to come in your house and start killing the members of your family. I said he's coming in your house and start taking out members of your family that you love and the better ones among you and leaving the worst ones to suffer. I remember back in the 90s, years ago, hearing Minister Farrakhan speak this about how our oppressor in the black community would use the very thing that we do to each other to harm each other as it relates to gangs and overall black on black crime against us. They would use that against us to do that to us and be justified. And see, we are living in that time now where those prophecies have been realized. We have wasted so many bullets, so many guns killing each other in the black community and millions i estimate millions of dead black brothers and sisters have been lost and we need them now to sustain us we cannot afford to lose any more brothers and sisters in the black community. There is such a tremendous degree of self-hate that is causing us to hate, internalize this hate that we have inherited from our oppressor and we are hating each other with that same energy we don't speak to each other anymore when we're walking down the street we don't hug each other genuinely and embrace each other genuinely it's almost like we hate to see each other coming it is common when i walk down the street a lot of us don't even make eye contact. We go out of our way not to make eye contact with each other. I experience this every day. All the time. A lot of black people that I encounter when I am in public, they'd rather look down at the ground look straight ahead, look up into the sky, pretend to be 
picking up something imaginary off of the ground rather than face me and look at me because of the hate that they have for someone that looks like them. And we are functioning in this dysfunction. This climate of dysfunction is ruining us from the inside out. I have experienced so many occasions whereas a black male won't hesitate to pull up and want to fight me, but they won't use that same energy. Where is that same energy when it comes to their oppressor? Who poses a threat? Who has done so much to warrant this vitriol? But that their oppressor has them shook. They won't dare pull up on their oppressor the same way that they'll pull up on me and cuss me out and threaten to do this, that, or the other to me. They won't dare exercise that same degree of violence against their oppressor as they do to me. And someone else that looks like them, mm -mm, no. You know why? Because they, their oppressor, they have them shook. They have instilled a level of fear inside of them. They're off limits to argue with, to troll on the internet, to fight with in the streets. They turn around and use that same anger that they have for their oppressor, they turn around and take it out on someone that looks like them. This is a serious issue in our community. Everybody knows what the issue is and what it boils down to a whole lot of us in the black community, we're afraid to face the real problem. So we face off against each other. We're afraid of the oppressor. We're afraid to confront the oppressor. We self-medicate with drugs and alcohol, sex, shopping, using money that we don't even have. Spending money as we struggle through this culture that has been created from hate. And we go ahead and party we go to clubs, we dance, we twerk. What are we celebrating in this climate of hate? We remain resilient, but yet we are infuriated 
It's like a pressure cooker. Almost about to pop. The least thing that we say to each other. We step on each other's shoes. And there it goes. Pop. We hate each other. There is so much self-hate. Where there used to be so much love. There used to be so much love. But we have been taught by the same people who hate us. We've been taught to hate each other. Now... Those people, they don't have to do as much to exercise their hate because we've been taught to hate each other and do their dirty work. Muslim really gets real violent 
is when someone goes to molest his woman. We will kill you for our woman. I'm, I'm making it plain, yes. We will kill you for our woman. We believe that if the white man will do whatever is necessary to see that his woman gets respect and protection, then you and I will never be recognized as men until we stand up like men and place the same penalty over the head of anyone who puts his filthy hands out to put in the direction of our women. Who taught us to hate ourselves? Our oppressor. Our oppressor did. And now we exercise that same level of hate against each other. In the black community, our men used to protect us black women and children. In our overall community now, we're under siege in the black community. And the black men who used to once stand up and protect us, and a lot of them still do, but a lot of them have neglected their post. I was at a store one day recently. I had been shopping, sitting on the bench, minding my own business, waiting for the bus. When out of nowhere, here comes a white man, a homeless, raggedy, dirty, dingy, nasty white man. Just walked up to me and picked up my pillows I had just bought. Never asked me could he touch my stuff. Never gave me a warning that he was going to touch my stuff. And I was enraged. And I told him, don't you ever put your hands on my stuff again. And he started cursing me out like I had did him wrong like I had violated him he insulted me he threatened me he did everything but spit on me and a few feet away there was a big black man who stood looking and observing this whole situation and he never intervened on my behalf to protect and defend me and I was more, I became more upset with the black man than I was with the white man. Here I was battling this white man who had violated me, disrespected me, and he was totally wrong. And this black man who is supposed to be my protector never stepped in to approach that white man and to check him. Never did. He he acted like he was upset with me for even saying anything to the white man. And he gave me a, a, a scoffing look like, you need to stop this. And that really, really, really pissed me off. And I can still see that black man looking at me like that in my head. 
and I probably will never forget that image. It made me sick to my stomach. And it made me realize where we are in America as black people. If my black life doesn't matter to my fellow black brother, how in the hell is my black life going to matter to a white man or a white woman? As a matter of fact, I don't even hear any black people say that anymore. I don't hear them chant, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, pumping their fists in the air. I don't even see that anymore. What happened? Did we realize that maybe black lives don't matter, so we just stopped saying it? What happened to us marching in the streets? For a cause, when unarmed black people get killed by non-black people unjustly. Our ancestors, they used to march until they got justice. Now, we just march until we get tired, which is on average maybe two weeks later. And then we're back to shaking our butt, twerking, popping our puss. Drinking, drugging, you name it. Until the next time. And it's almost at the point now where we don't even bother to march or repost about the next black person who's gotten killed unjustly by a non-black person. And so many people say, well, what about black on black crime? The thing about black-on-black crime versus white-on-black crime. Most of the time, when a black person kills another black person, they are held accountable. They do time in prison for a long, 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 long time. But when a non black person kills a black person a lot of times they do no time and then when it involves a policeman who is sworn to protect and serve us we are paying them to kill us no that's not the way that that's supposed to go and a lot of times they don't do any time they are not held accountable They get off with immunity. That's the difference. But I digress. We are in a serious dilemma. And I wonder why this is not registering in a lot of people's minds. Why don't we ever talk about black-on-black crime? The black elephant in black America's living room. You've heard it before. 
It is the most frequent response to any accusation of police brutality. It is the repeated sleight of hand used to distract and drown out the voices of Black Lives Matter. It is often used. It is an oft used alt-right refrain in a sincere query from curious white questioners. It is the weapon of choice for the black practitioners of respectability politics and the favorite follow-up for people who frame their arguments with a preamble. Not all white people. Why don't black people ever talk about black-on-black crime? Instead of rejecting the entire notion as a method of deflection and privilege, we will attempt to formally dismiss the conversation forever by laying out the facts about why white America never hears us talk about black-on-black crime. According to the FBI's Uniform Crime Reporting Data for 2016, 90.1% of black victims of homicide were killed by other blacks, while 83.5% of whites were killed by other whites. While no life is inconsequential, the statistical evidence shows that Just as for blacks when it comes to black-on-black crime, whites are mostly victimized by other whites, with the vast majority of white murders committed by whites. This is because most victims of crime personally personally know their assailants. And while this is a truth, Across racial boundaries, no one ever talks about white-on-white crime. Furthermore, the Bureau of Justice Statistics Arrest Data Analysis Tool shows that less than 1% of blacks overall, about 2% of black men, commit a violent crime in any given year. This means factoring in interracial violence offenses violent offenses, 99% of black men do not commit black-on-black crime. Imagine the head of Homeland Security walking up to the microphone to hold a press conference after a horrific terrorist attack. But when reporters start asking him about stopping terrorism and catching the culprits, he begins talking about texting and driving. Sounds stupid, right? But distracted driving kills more Americans each year than terrorism and black-on-black crime, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So, according to the advocates of conversations about black-on-black crime, we should be discussing this first. It is true that the vast majority of black murders are committed by black men, and we should do something to combat that statistic. We will get to that later, I promise. But the fact that the fact, excuse me, but that fact has nothing to do with state violence. When anyone interrupts a discussion about Black Lives Matter, 
by bringing up black on black crime. It sounds as stupid as a doctor addressed a cancerous brain tumor by asking about domestic violence or if America's highest ranking government official addressed white supremacist Nazi Pelosi by talking about the so-called alt-left and the very fine tiki torch carriers. No one would ever be that stupid. But we actually do talk about it all the time. It is perfectly Perfectly understandable why white America assumes that black people don't talk about black on black crime. However, the reason they make this assumption dates to a quote found in recently uncovered papers from an unnamed woman, archaeological and historical researchers refer to her as grandmama. It ain't none of their damn business. The reality is, in neighborhoods and cities across America, there are countless organizations, activists, and movements dedicated to curbing violence in black communities. The number of Stop the Violence marches dwarfs the demonstrations against police brutality unity rallies and peace picnics happen every day scared straight programs for at-risk youth gang counseling neighborhood watches intervention specialists youth counselors and too many other people and groups to name all lead the charge against crime and violence but those efforts don't make the evening news because they aren't as salacious as people blocking traffic and protesting nor do they serve the preconceived white confirmation bias besides there's no way white people would know about the this unless they stopped deflecting with trite questions and instead actually went into a minority neighborhood to selflessly join the effort to address the problems plaguing okay you can stop laughing now okay let's talk about black on black crime both sociologists and criminologists agree that violent crime is a complex socioeconomic phenomenon generally speaking research shows that poor people commit the most crime according to the bureau of justice statistics During the period from 2008 through 2012, persons in poor households at or below the federal poverty level had more than double the rate of violent victimization as persons in high-income households. The overall pattern of poor persons having the highest rates of violent victimization was constant for both whites and blacks. Knowing this, the small difference in crime rates can easily be explained by income disparity. Maybe the question should be, why are such a large percentage of black people poor? As a matter of fact, if we are going to derail a conversation, 
about black li- black lives to talk about black on black crime there are a few other questions we should answer first why is the rate of violence actually higher among poor urban whites why don't we ever discuss the economic impact of redlining and segregation on rates of violence if we are going to discuss the number of black people killed by blacks should we discuss the number of white people murdered raped and assaulted by fellow whites Will this conversation include a debate about how blacks are arrested, incarcerated, and sentenced for longer periods than whites for committing the same crimes? Are you willing to detour detour into a brief explanation of why schools with large percentages of blacks are underfunded even though they have the same tax base and incomes? Do you have time to talk about the wage gap, unemployment disparities? All of these factors contribute to crime rates. So if you want to have a conversation about black-on-black crime, you should be careful because like most conversations about race, it will end up back in the same place. White supremacy. And dare I say... A lot of black people are agents of white supremacy by committing black-on-black crime. But this is a conversation that a lot of black people are not ready for, right? They're not ready for that conversation. They're not ready for that conversation. They're not ready. But this is a conversation we need to have. The 1980s. If you remember, there was a lot of focus around whether or not black men had a gene that predisposed them to violence. What's making black men kill other black men? Nobody said anything about slavery, the after effects, self-hate, miseducation, economic castration. Because I can tell you that miseducation and economic castration, that is the lack of jobs, is the mother and father of violence. If you don't educate me properly, and you keep me from making a decent livelihood for me and my children, I have no choice but to go to the underworld to feed my family. And in the underworld, I'm likely to come face to face with somebody else who's trying to feed their family at my family's expense. It breeds the violence. And even if you're not selling drugs, the fact that you're walking around knowing as a man that you can't provide for you and yours, which is a natural responsibility, it breeds the anger that we sooner or later let off on one another. And whenever you read a story about a black man killing another black man, they never give you the contextual relevance of what happened. You coming out of the store, I'm walking in the store. I bump you accidentally, you turn around and you kill me. On the surface, I just like a like a crazy, angry black man. Nobody's gonna tell you I got fired from a job yesterday for standing up to somebody who called me out my name. Nobody's gonna tell you that I've been putting in job applications for two years consistently, and as soon as they find out that I've been to prison, they drop me from the job. They don't put it in context. 75% of the violence that's taking place out there by black people is economically based. And nobody's dealing with it. Half the black men in Philadelphia, unemployed. Half the black men in Baltimore, unemployed. Half the black men in New York City, unemployed. But you don't want to tie that to the rise in violence? Everybody knows when when there's never enough jobs in society, violence goes up. 
even amongst white folk. This is what sociologists study. This is the science of criminology. No jobs, violence. More jobs, less violence. You know this. But when it comes to black people, we don't want to put it in context because we are trying to do what? Exterminate the image. We're trying to get people to see black people as an unnecessary hindrance to the progress of humanity.